the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. These scriptures bear testimony that Jesus is the Messiah, the fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures, that He's Lord, that He's King, that He's Ruler, that He's King of all kings and Lord of all lords. He bears witness. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch, and we're glad you are joining us tonight. The difficult times we live in begs the question, where is God during our most challenging times? We believe the more the world becomes chaotic, the more we need to draw closer to God and learn to trust in Him. The Bible is our source for all things that sustain us as Christians. Philippians 4.7 tells us that we can have the kind of peace that transcends all understanding, even when the world seems to be completely out of control. Over the next 30 minutes, Pastor Dudley Rutherford is going to share a message meant for everyone listening right now. We know it is no accident you are with us tonight, for God orchestrates all things perfectly. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with tonight's message. I want to say good morning to everybody. Now I want you to turn your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 23. 2 Kings chapter 23. We're going to read our text. Then the king, everyone say the king. He called together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. He went up to the temple of the Lord with the men of Judah, the people of Jerusalem, the priests, the prophets, And all the people from the least to the greatest. He, the king, picture this, the king, the king. He read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found. They found that book in the temple. And so the king stands up and he's reading it. Verse 3. The king stood by the pillar and renewed the covenant in the presence of the Lord to follow the Lord, to keep his commands, to keep his regulations, to keep his decrees with all of his heart and all of his soul, thus confirming the words of the covenant written in this book. And then all the people pledged themselves to the covenant. The book. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. Our text today is an amazing story because it centers around a young man by the name of Josiah. I want you to write that down. Josiah. Everyone say Josiah. Chapters 22 and 23 centers around Josiah. 
This was the period where the kings ruled Israel. They went through one period where the judges ruled. Now this is the period where the kings rule. And you can read all about this in 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, and 2 Chronicles. And as you make your journey through the the Bible this year, you're going to read and discover that there were good kings and there were bad kings. And anytime there was a good king, amazing, God would put his hand of blessing upon the nation of Israel. And anytime there was a bad king, guess what God would do? He would remove his hand of blessing. Because that's what God does. God blesses and removes his hand of blessing. He can do that to nation. He can do that to the United States of America. Now, it's interesting to note, I want you to write this down. Josiah was eight years old when he became king. That's a pretty young king. I want to ask, is there any eight-year-old boys? Is there a boy here today who's eight years of age? Anyone here who's eight? Run up here. Give this boy a hand. What's your name? Luke? Like the Bible name? Okay, Luke, I'm going to give you a mic. Can you, can you talk on a mic? I want you to stand right out here. Don't jump off. And just hold it right on your chin. Just hold that on your chin like that. Right on your chin. You've got to touch it. Just touch it. There you go. Okay. Luke, tell everyone your name. Luke. How do you spell it? L-U-K-E. And uh, when was your birthday? September 9th. September 9th. Do you know what year? Can you say the year? Because we can do the math. Make sure you're eight. <laughs> Are you 2012. Eight? Are you eight? I mean, 2004. You're eight years old. Yes. Okay. I want you to step right up here. Just right here. Okay. I want you to look at this audience and just tell them, tell them, repeat after me these words. Just look at them and say, it's good to be king. It's good to be king. Yes. <laughs> good to be king. Now, Luke, if you were a king, If you were a king, because you're not a king, right? No. Okay, but if you were a king, would you be a good king or a bad king? Good king. Are you sure? Yes. You sure? Yes. Okay. Did you make your bed this morning? No. (laughs) The servants do that, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, If you became king, if you were king, If you were king of America, what's the first thing you would do as king? Don't listen to pops. Okay. Can you read? Yeah. Okay. All right. I have a Bible here I want you to read. You all can take your Bible and turn to 2 Kings 22. We're going back now. I read 23. He's going to read 22. Okay, let's read it. You read it. Josiah was eight years old when he became king. And he re- reigned. reigned in Ju- Jerusalem. Jerusalem 31 years. 31 years. When, how old was he when he started? Eight years. Eight. He was your age. Okay, right here. His mother, right here. His mother's name was. Let's call her Jedi. Jedi. Daughter. <laughs> She was from... Just say Oz. Oz. Okay. Now, now this is the good stuff right here. This is where it gets really good. Read this, all right? He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. 
and walked in all the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to let to the left. To give, the left. Okay, give him a hand. Give Luke a hand. Step, Luke's director. Now, so he becomes king at your age. He decides that he's going to follow the book of the law, and he's not. He's going to follow the way in his dad. He's going to be a good king. He's not going to look to the left or the right. What I want you to do is write down the five things that this young boy does. The first thing that they do is he, re, he decides to repair the temple. A little kid, now he, gets, he, he grows, but as a young man, he decides he wants to rebuild the temple because it's in disarray. The second thing that he does is in the process of rebuilding the temple, guess what they find in the rubble? They find something in the rubble. They find the book of the law. And you can read about this in chapter 22. Verses 8 through 13, they actually bring the book to Josiah. And they say, Josiah, guess what we found? We found the book. Okay, are you with me? Number three, write this down. They decide to just read it, just like they did back in Nehemiah's day, just like they did in Josiah's day, just like we're doing in our day, I pray. They decide, you can read about this in chapter 23, verse 2, they decide to read it. Number four, write this down. Then the people, I read this to you, all the people pledged. Remember, he stood by the pillar, the king. He was the king. He was reading. Maybe a little better than that. But anyway, he was reading. And uh, he was reading, and all the people made a pledge. He says, I'm going to, with all my heart, he said this, say all my heart. All my heart. All my heart, I'm going to follow the word. And the people made a pledge over by the pillar. And then number five, and this is how it ties into our nation, number five. Then afterwards, in chapters 23, the rest of that chapter, verses 4 through 24, Josiah decides to tear down all the false idols in the land of Israel. That's how good a king he was. He was a good king. Can you read one more verse for me? Yes. Okay, I want you to read the last verse, chapter 23, verse 25. Okay? Neither? Neither before, not after Josiah was there a king like him who turned to the Lord, as he did with all his heart. Say that again. All his heart. Say it like a preacher. All his heart, and with all his soul, and with all his strength, in In accordance accordance with all the law... Law of Moses. Oh. Oh. Okay. Okay, Luke. Luke, I'm going to give you this Bible, okay? This is my gift to you for helping me out here today. Okay? I got your name right there, and I pre-wrote in it. I said, read, read what I wrote in there, too. Can you read that? Always keep your eyes on Jesus and your nose in his book. So listen, I'm going to give this book to you. It's a Bible, okay? But let me tell you, you're eight years old. I want you to be just like Josiah. 
I want you to take this book and realize that it's the sacred words of God. And I want you to make a commitment that you're going to serve and obey with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And I want you in your generation with your people, as you lead your generation to God, you have a chance to help lead our nation back to God. This is your gift. All right, buddy? Give me a high five. God bless you. That's good stuff right there. All right, number one, write this down quickly. The Bible is a radiant lamp. It says, the word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. It shows you where to walk. I have another verse I want to show you in Psalm 119, verse 130, that says, the unfolding of your words, it gives light, and it gives understanding to the simple. You do not need to have a Bible college degree. You do not need to be a scholar. You can be an eight-year-old boy, and if you'll just get your nose in this book and read it, it will show you how to live. Kyle Welch wrote this. He said, just as a lamp shows us the shape and the arrangement of a dark room or shows us the various pitfalls and dangers of a forest at midnight, so also the Bible reveals to us the shape and nature and the dangers of the world. It shows us where to step, where to, what to avoid, where to turn, and where to go. It allows us to see safe paths and to avoid dangerous terrain. The Word of God will actually show you and give a light and teach you where you should walk, how you should walk. Number two, the Bible is a reflective mirror. As you read it, it's like a mirror. The Bible says, do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. It's a mirror. It's a mirror. As you look at it, yes, it shows you how to walk, but I want to show you something else. Look at verse 23. It says, this is James 1, verse 23. Anyone who listens to the Word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at himself in a mirror. And the next verse says, and after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looked like. And I don't know, every time I read that verse, I can just picture some old boy getting ready to go to work, and he goes and he checks the mirror. Maybe his hair's messed up, and he's got something he spilled on breakfast right here, and got a little cereal hanging off his mouth, and maybe even something green hanging off his nose. I always think that. And he turns, and he looks away from the mirror, and he forgot what he saw, and he just goes to work that way. I'm going to guess, this is my guess, that every woman in this room Before you left the house, you found a mirror and you checked to make sure everything was in place. That's my guess. And I also believe that almost every man did the same. Probably a few who did not. But uh, almost every man did the same thing. And how foolish would it be to look in a mirror and see something that's not right and then just walk out of the house? And in the same way, you shouldn't leave your house until you look at a mirror. You shouldn't leave your house till you look at this mirror. This mirror. Okay, this one. Because not only will this show you where to walk, this mirror reveals what's in your heart. As you read, and that's why we're reading through the Word of God, and we're saying, God, what is it you're saying to me? As you read, God's going to reveal things in your heart that you need to change 
that things need to be different. It is a reflective mirror. Number three, it's a planted seed. This is a seed that goes into your heart. In Luke chapter 8, you know the story. Some of the seed falls on a hardened path, and it doesn't even grow. Some of the seed starts to grow, but it's choked out by the thorns, which pictures the world choking out the growth that's trying to take place. Some falls on rocky soil. The Bible says that some of the seed falls on good soil. And all that is is a picture of your heart. And there's people in this room, some of your hearts are hardened as a rock. And the Bible can't grow because your heart is too hard. Some of you got a little bit of faith that's growing, but the world, the world just choked everything out. And you have no growth in your life. Some of you have a good heart. So that when whoever preaches and they're reading the scriptures, you're sitting out there and and you hear it. It's a seed, it's planted, and, and you are growing as a Christian. It's the difference is I can stand up here and preach the sermon and someone receives it and someone rejects it. I preach on salvation and you'll have people who come forward and give their life to Jesus and some people will run out of the building. What's the difference? It's the same sermon. It's the same words. What's the difference? The difference is the condition of that heart. And that's why anytime you come to church, anytime you open up the Bible, anytime you open up your journal, you have to say a prayer. And you say, Lord, would you please soften my heart? Soften my heart so that when I get the, the Word of God, which is a seed, it's planted, it takes root. God, God will cause that seed to grow inside your heart if you have good soil. And I want to say this, the man or woman who's here and your heart is rock hard, all you've got to do is start to pray. Get down on your knees and say, God, soften up my heart that I might receive the Word of God. And let me tell you, God will soften your heart and you will receive the Word of God and God will begin to work inside of you. I believe that. Number four, it can be a dangerous weapon. The Bible says, I gave you the verse there in Hebrews 4, and it says that the Bible is sharper than any double-edged sword. And what is the significance of that? The significance of that is that the Word of God, as it penetrates your heart, even down to your joints, it says, that God basically performs an operation. He can perform an The Word of God can be used as an instrument to get into your heart and to change what needs to be changed in you. The, the danger is... If the Bible is used incorrectly, it can be dangerous. There are people who commit murder, and they use the Bible to justify their actions. Cults take verses of Scripture and contort them and twist them to build false doctrines. So it's almost like a weapon, a dangerous weapon. If used properly, it can save our souls. If used improperly, it can create chaos. Number five. It is a noble witness. John chapter 5, Jesus said these words. You diligently study the scriptures because you think by the fact that you read through the whole Bible in a year that somehow that's going to make you possess eternal life. You could read the Bible and tell your horse it's not going to save you. It's not just reading the Bible what saves a person. He says, these are the scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me. And we talked about this the last couple of weeks, that everything in the Old Testament 
And everything in the New Testament, it points to Jesus. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And I had this thought this week, not one person in this room has ever seen God. And not one person in this room has ever seen Jesus. You've never seen Him. But when you read God's Word, God then begins to reveal to you who God is and what he's like, who Jesus Christ is and what he came to do. These scriptures bear testimony that Jesus is the Messiah, the fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures, that he's Lord, that he's king, that he's ruler, that he's king of all kings and Lord of all lords. He bears witness. And number six, I want you to get this. This book is eternal. It's eternal. Isaiah 48 says, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God stands forever. It's the greatest book that's ever been written. Hitler, Hitler ordered it to be burned, but the Bible marches on. Russia, Russia outlawed the Bible, but the Bible marches on. Atheists have denied it, but the Bible marches on. Thomas Paine was a politician back in the late 1700s. He was involved in the American Revolution and the French Revolution, and yet he did not believe that the Bible was the inspired Word of God. He thought this was all just made up, and he printed all this material, these books and these pamphlets, uh, denying the Word of God, that it was the Word of God. And he died as an old man. He had no friends. By the time he died, only six people showed up at his funeral. And uh, he, he actually said that the stuff that he printed would outlast the Bible. And after he died, the very printing presses that he printed all that garbage was purchased. And they used those printing presses to make copies of the Bible. <laughs> Educators have mocked it, but the Bible marches on. Scientists have scorned it, but the Bible marches on. Culture tries to change it, but the Bible marches on. Year in and year out, it's the number one bestseller of all the books that are sold. They estimate between 2.5 to 6 billion copies of the Bible have been sold worldwide. You see, Hitler can order it to be burned, but it won't do any good. Russia can outlaw it, but it won't do any good. Atheists can deny it, but it won't do any good. Educators can mock it, but it won't do any good. Scientists can scorn it, but it won't do any good. It outlives and outlifts and outloves and outreaches and outranks and outruns and outlasts all other books. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 21 that heaven and earth, the earth that you're on, will one day pass away. But my words will never, ever pass away. In these uncertain times, we know as Christians there's a great comfort available to us in the form of prayer. If you feel the need right now for someone to pray with, we have phone counselors standing by, ready to take your call. Our number is easy to dial. It's 888-818-4777. If you are unable to get through on your first try, please be sure to try again. Our phone number again is 888-818-4777. If you would like more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, or this ministry, be sure to visit our website, liftupjesus.com. We know as Christians, our relationship with Jesus is a daily commitment, 
and not just something we do on the weekends. We believe we have the perfect gift today to help you maintain your daily connection to our Lord for the coming year. Romancing Royalty is a daily devotional book designed to draw you closer to King Jesus with 365 inspirational stories, scriptures, prayers, study questions, and even a place to journal. There are more than 100 contributors to this book, including Greg Laurie, the late John Wooden, Tony Campolo, Jack Hayford, Raul Rees, and Jim Garlow, just to name a few. We know this daily devotional will be a blessing to you. It also makes the perfect holiday gift for a friend or loved one. Pastor Dudley's top-selling daily devotional, Romancing Royalty, is available right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. Romancing Royalty can be yours by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. Our number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order Romancing Royalty directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We know there are many daily devotionals available today, but none come close to the level of insightful contributors to this book. It's our most popular seller this time of year. So we invite you to call and get your copy of Pastor Dudley's daily devotional, Romancing Royalty, today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again tomorrow night at this same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.